T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. The following is a special KMOX sports presentation. Welcome to the Strike Zone. Powered by Graybar, your source for electrical and data communication products for more than 150 years. Now, the Strike Zone on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Sports Open Line does continue. It is the Strike Zone, 314-436-7900. If you want to join us, you can call, you can text, you can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. This hour, we are going to wrap up our State of the NL Central Series if you missed any of it, you can always uh, find the podcast. But we did the Cincinnati Reds on Monday, the Chicago Cubs on Tuesday, the Pittsburgh Pirates yesterday, and we will get to the Milwaukee Brewers today. That's going to be coming up in about 10 minutes when we are set to be joined by Andrew Wagner, who covers the Brewers for Forbes Sports. Also, we talk about the, the three true outcomes when it comes to Major League Baseball, that so often it's either a home run, a strikeout, or a walk. The Athletic had an interesting piece that ran today that actually shows those numbers are going down a little bit, and not just a little bit. In some ways, they're going down a lot. Why is that? What does that say about the way the game of baseball is going to be played moving forward? We're going to get into that coming up at about 7.35. I mentioned that yesterday Albert Pujols won the Muhammad Ali Humanitarian Award at the ESPYs. What a three-day period for Pujols as he... Participates in the home run derby and comes up with an upset victory over Kyle Schwarber in the first round, eventually getting knocked out by Juan Soto, who wins the whole event. Uh, then he participates in the All-Star game for the first uh, for the last time ever. And then he goes to the ESPYs and he gets an award, which is just something that really speaks to the things that he has done beyond baseball throughout his life, both uh, in the United States and the Dominican Republic, all the wonderful things he has done uh, working with kids who have Down syndrome. It's really special to see the things that Pujols has done. Well, he, um, in case you did not hear it yesterday, uh, Albert Pujols did uh, accept the award. Joe Buck was the one who presented it to him, and uh, this is what Pujols had to say courtesy of ESPN. This was from the ESPYs. I'd like to thank God, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for giving me this platform to be here tonight. Muhammad Ali was an incredible man who wanted to change the world. He used his platform to make an impact to help those in need. His legacy will never be forgotten, and I'm honored to accept this award. Through the help of so amazing doctors, dentists, and volunteers, we were able to provide in the Dominican Republic medical care for the whole country. Here in the United States, we create programs to help kids with Down syndrome to gain their skill to be more independent. 
My favorite event of the year, as you saw in the video, is the prom, where when we see these beautiful children to smile, dancing, music, and the red carpet, seeing the happy face makes me realize how special life is. I'd like to thank ESPN, Major League Baseball, for this honor. I also want to thank MVP Sport Group for being with me through all this journey. I also would like to thank my beautiful family for the entire love, endless love that they have given me to my career. I also want to thank Jane Cooper, Todd Perry, and Crystal Rowan for the amazing work that they do through the Pujols Family Foundation. And I want to thank all of you for your support. God bless you. Good night. That was Albert Pujols last night at the ESPY Awards after winning the Muhammad Ali Humanitarian Award. And the thing that really has struck me, and if you were listening yesterday, you heard us play the audio of him addressing his teammates in the clubhouse prior to the All-Star game. It really feels like these three days have meant a lot to him. And we had Polo Asensio on the program earlier, and he basically confirmed that, saying that Pools has had nothing but a, just a big smile on his face. And it, it's an opportunity to kind of take that victory lap for him. And even though the season's not over, you have such an event like the All-Star break where you have the game and the home run derby and then the ESPYs and everything that goes along with that. This is this is a chance for him to really be honored uh, where you're kind of able to breathe. You know, it's one thing to get brought out before a game that you're about to play, and that's cool. And I think Manny Machado was right earlier this year when he talked about the fact that Major League Baseball teams were doing a bad job of honoring Pujols and, and Yadier Molina for that for you know for that point, but Molina obviously hasn't been around here for uh, for a little while. He'll be back relatively soon. Uh, it's getting that being honored before a game, having a video run during a game. That's one thing, but to really have the focus and the spotlight on you the way it has been with Pujols the last few days, and for it to work out for him to win that humanitarian award, it's really really cool. So I'm glad he's been able to experience it. He's a, he's accomplished so much. He's earned it. He has earned what he's going through right now. And now the team's going to be back coming up uh, tomorrow night as they open up the unofficial second half of the season and they're able to uh, to lock in. All right, I told you I was going to tell you this earlier. I found this to be a very interesting uh, list. Micah Petriello uh, tweeted this out. And it's um, it, it's according to a fan graphs and one of the advanced statistics, WRC+. Plus. Uh, we don't need to get into that. But basically it is the list of the top 10 players in Major League Baseball through age 23. And we're we're bringing this up because of the conversation of Juan Soto and just what he has accomplished already and the kind of impact bat that he would be putting him right in the middle of the order. So top 10 players through age 23 uh, in Major League Baseball history. Number one was Ted Williams. Joe Jackson comes in at number two. After that, Stan Musial the th- comes in number three, Ty Cobb number four, Mike Trout number five, Albert Pujols number six, and then Mickey Mantle number seven. You then get to Juan Soto at number eight. It's not bad. It's not bad when you are on a list and the only guys in front of you on that list are Ted Williams, Joe Jackson, Stan Musial, Ty Cobb, Mike Trout, Albert Pujols, and Mickey Mantle. That's that's pretty exclusive company right there. So that's the kind of bat that we're talking about. That's the kind of impact that we're talking about when we're talking about Juan Soto. By the way, looking at the rest of the top 10 on that list, Jimmy Fox comes in number nine. Eddie Matthews comes in at number 10. Um, interestingly enough, Fernando Tatis Jr. 
He's number 11 on that list with what he's already been able to accomplish uh, in his career. Reggie Jackson, number 17 on that list. Rogers Hornsby, number 22. Willie Mays, number 24. Hank Aaron, number 25. Joe DiMaggio, number 27. Luke Gehrig, number 28. King Griffey Jr., number 30, just to give you an idea of where some of these guys uh, rank on the list. So that's the, if they can pull it off, that's the kind of list that we're talking. That's the kind of impact that this guy would have. And again, I, I, I have a hard time believing that it's going to happen. The, the rumblings today on social media and social media, it's such a, it's a tough place because the, the respected big time baseball insiders, the Passons, the Heymans, the Moroses, the Rosenthal's, those guys aren't saying a thing. Those guys are not saying a thing about this. But then you have these other social media accounts, whether it's local baseball writers, whether it's just anonymous people, so it's probably probably total garbage. But some of the stuff that's being said out there on social media is that to get this deal done, Patrick Corbin would have to be part of it. Uh, that the the Nationals would have to dump the salary of Corbin. If if that's true, if that's the case, I would actually argue that's, that helps out the Cardinals because there's been some reports out there that uh, Soto wants to be a Met, and we'll talk about that more later on in the program, but the Mets don't want to pick up the contract of uh, of Patrick Corbin. If The Mets can pick up the contract of Patrick Corbin and then move Corbin and eat a bunch of his salary. Like that, To me, that doesn't – if that's the only holdup, it's not a holdup. It's not real. You look at who owns the Mets. You look at how much money they're spending. If they if they need to eat Patrick Corbin's salary, I think they would do it. So that's where some of these things just don't seem completely and totally legitimate. We'll get into that coming up a little bit more later on in the program. We'll talk about it about 7.45. But up next, we are going to continue our series of the State of the NL Central. We wrap that up today as we'll look at the first place Milwaukee Brewers. Brewers are sitting a half game in front of the St. Louis Cardinals. Andrew Wagner covers the Brewers for Forbes Sports, and he's with us after this. It's Sports Open Line, the strike zone here on KMOX. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to The Strike Zone. Powered by Graybar on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Sports Open Line does continue. It is the strike zone here on a Thursday night as we are wrapping up the All-Star break together. Tomorrow, the Cardinals are back at it as they open up a three-city road trip, and it's going to begin with a weekend series in Cincinnati against the Reds. We are efforting Andrew Wagner, who covers the Milwaukee Brewers for Forbes Sports, as uh, we are continuing on with our uh, state of the NL Central. So we will talk with him in uh, just a few moments or so, and uh, we'll get his thoughts on uh, what's going on uh, in Milwaukee uh, with the Brewers, who currently have a half-game uh, half lead on the St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals uh, making up some ground, playing well down the stretch. The Brewers did not play as well down the stretch before getting into the All-Star break. And with that, let's go ahead and uh, welcome on. So it took four days. It took four days. I, I moved here to St. Louis, uh, moved from covering the Brewers to covering the Cardinals. It took four days for me to uh, bring on a good friend and somebody who I enjoy being able to uh, talk to. Uh, talk to. He is uh, Andrew Wagner, covers uh, Brewers, uh, covers Brewers for Forbes Sports. Follow him on Twitter at by Andrew Wagner. Hi, Andrew. Long time no talk. How are you? Yeah, thanks for um, not taking the St. Louis weather with you when you packed up and left town, man. Really, really thankful to you for that. It is so hot here, and I, I haven't lived here in 20 years. I grew up here. I, I love it here. I forgot how hot it gets here, and I'm sorry. I'm not going to feel bad for you because it doesn't stay as consistently hot in Milwaukee as it is right now here in St. Louis. You and I joked about this all the time in the press box, Strassenfest weather, where it's just so soupy you could eat it with a fork and knife when you walk outside your door. So, yep, yep, it's uh, it's our salute to you up here, Matt. I'm glad to be saluted. All right, uh, the Brewers tend to have slow finishes going into the All Star break, and that happened again this year. What do you uh, what do you correlate that to? I really wish I knew. I mean, mainly because I could write a scathing tell all story about it and, and you know make a fortune of it. But you know, some teams are just like that. Um, and I don't know if that's a Craig Council thing or it's how this thing is constructed or how the schedule is played out. Um, it just happens to work that way. How that parlays into the second half, I mean, it's been hit or miss. You know, they've had years where they were great in the second half. They've had years where they stumbled down the stretch in the second half. So sometimes you just have to chuck it to that baseball. 
going into the season, it looked like it was going to be a two-team race between St. Louis and Milwaukee, and it's certainly uh, been that throughout this year. It's a half-game lead right now for the Brewers over the Cardinals. Do you have any reason to believe that the Brewers can either pull away from St. Louis or that the Brewers would fall significantly back of St. Louis in the second half? I don't. I, I just don't see anything that leads me to believe that you're going to see what you saw last year where the Brewers had just that big runaway commanding lead, nor do I see anything yet that leads me to believe that the Cardinals are going to go on another absolutely ridiculous run. Um, I, I see this division shaping up the same way I did during the offseason going into the year. It's going to be the Brewers and Cardinals going neck and neck. Um, and we've seen through the first however many meetings this year, it's been pretty much even. And I don't expect that to change over the, the final seven meetings between the two teams. So it's going to come down to how well these guys execute against the rest of their division rivals. Generally speaking, the Brewers have the better starting pitching and the Cardinals have the better hitting. That's not that hasn't been true from start to finish the, so far this year, but that's the general feeling about these two teams. Do you feel like the Brewers can do anything to improve upon their hitting? And that's a tough one. You know that that that's what everyone wants to see. You open social media, and, and you were up here. You took the calls. The Brewers got to go out and get a bat. Well, what bat are you going to get that fits into where you would be able to play that bat? Um, that's going to be the, brig- the the biggest hindrance. Now we we've seen that not stop uh, David Stearns in the past. I mean, he went out and got Mike Mustakis to play third base when he already had Travis Shaw, and even after he moved Travis Shaw to second base. Uh, he went out and got Jonathan Scope. Granted, that deal didn't work. So, you know, David Stearns will do something if there's something to be done. Um, he just won't do something for the sake of doing it. I don't know how much they'll be able to to upgrade their offense. I, I don't know who's going to be available and if it's going to fit into what they're they're looking to spend, so to speak. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if they do go out and bolster that pitching staff with some more, you know, middle relief type guys who are very often the kind of guys that, that, that are the difference, you know, during a very tight playoff race. The starting rotation obviously built around uh, Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and Eric Lauer's given really good innings uh, this year. Freddie Peralta is set to be back at some point, maybe in the next month or so. Can the starting pitching do enough to lead this team uh, to a lot of wins and possibly lead them to a division? I really don't see why not. I mean, it is really a spectacular pitching staff, um, you know, front to back. And you, you look at those big three, you mentioned Freddie, who's going to come back. Um, you mentioned Lauer in there. You've seen good things from Adrian Hauser at times before he had a bit of a hiccup. Aaron Ashby's been all right. Uh, Ethan Small could come back up and play another role at some point. They're very deep in pitching. Um, and they could also move a guy like Freddie when he comes back into a relief role or a multi-inning type role to kind of spell you know, Woodruff and Burns uh, as they go into the stretch run. There's a lot of flexibility they have with how they work that pitching staff. Um, And then you get to deal with that back-end bullpen. So, you know, front to back, that is a very, very formidable, formidable um, pitching group. I don't know how many people noticed this outside of Milwaukee, but Christian Yelich being moved into that leadoff spot. He's been hitting for average. He's been getting on base, but he's he's not – He's not delivering a lot of extra base hits. He's not driving in a lot of runs. He's not hitting a lot of home runs. He's not the same guy that he was in his MVP season. Is this? Are we at a point now where you feel like who you're seeing now in Christian Yelich is just going to be the guy that he's going to be moving forward? Maybe. Um, and, and so far, it's a pretty good version of Christian Yelich. 
in some ways, it's it, it's a very similar version to Christian Yelich to what fans may have saw with him when he was with Miami in his first couple months, the first half of his first season in Milwaukee. He was not a ridiculous power hitter putting up ridiculous OPS numbers uh, up until after that all-star break and really until that final month of the season when he just went on an absolute tear. So maybe this is what you're going to get from Christian Yelich moving forward, all things considered, compared to what you got the last two years. If you're a Brewers fan, you have to take it right now. Andrew Wagner covers the Milwaukee Brewers for Forbes Sports, continuing to join us. So what's your prediction? What do you think the Brewers are going to do at the trade deadline? Uh, man, everyone always asks me this, and I really don't have an answer because, again, David Stearns has taught me one thing. When you expect him to zig, he's going to zag. But one thing you can always count on is he will go out and, and, and bolster middle relief depth. That is, bullpen depth is his calling card at the deadline. He's done it just about every year. I see no reason why that's not going to happen. But as for as for what he does, I have no clue. If I was if I was that much of a, a prognosticator, I would be I'd be you know down on the tables right now, throwing the dice around. Fair enough. He is Andrew Wagner. Andrew, it's great to talk to you. I miss you. We'll uh, we'll talk again very very soon. Sounds good, Matt. You take care. All right, Andrew Wagner joining us here on Sports Open Line on KMW. I'll be honest with you, that's weird. That's really weird for me because he's somebody that. A week ago, I'm talking. I'm, I was having him on my show uh, there as we talked Brewers, and now I'm here, and I'm glad I'm here. It's just weird to be talking to him from the uh, other side, but it's a it's a good weird. It's just weird nonetheless. Three one four four three six seventy nine hundred. Three one four four three six seventy nine hundred. If you want to call or text, you can also uh, tweet at me if you'd like at Matt Pauley on air. Again, that is wraps up our state of the NL Central series. You can hear all the interviews. Uh, Monday was the Cincinnati Reds. Tuesday, the Chicago Cubs. Yesterday, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Today, the Milwaukee Brewers. And now today's the end of the All-Star break, and things are going to uh, get back at it coming up tomorrow. What's on Deck is sponsored by Chesterfield Fence and Deck, chesterfieldfence.com. What's on Deck for the Cardinals is a three-game series against the Cincinnati Reds, and that is going to uh, take place tomorrow. The pitching rotation has been announced officially, and we had discussed this earlier in the week. Derek Gould of the Post-Dispatch had previously uh, reported this, but now it is official. Adam Wainwright is going to pitch the opener coming up tomorrow evening. Steven Matz is going to pitch coming up on Saturday. And then Miles Michaelis is going to pitch on Sunday. By putting Matz in that Saturday spot, they're able to break up the two right-handers in Wainwright and Michaelis. Again, 314-436-7900. When we talk about baseball, we talk so much about the three true outcomes. Home run, walk, strikeout. Those numbers have been going up and up and up. Well, now those numbers, at least for a moment, appear to be actually coming back. What does that mean about the way the game of baseball is going to be played? We'll discuss that coming up in just a moment. It's the Strike Zone. Sports Open Line continues in a moment on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to the Strike Zone. Powered by Graybar on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. The Strike Zone does continue. Sports Open Line Thursday night, our final night of four straight full shows before the Cardinals resume action coming out of the All-Star break tomorrow. 4.45 for the broadcast tomorrow from the Cardinals Radio Network. Adam Wainwright uh, going to go for St. Louis as they come out of the break. Again, a half game back of the Brewers. 
Uh, if they would have played that game against Cincinnati and won, say, this uh, past Sunday, it would have been a tie for first place in the division. We'll see what the Cardinals can do down the stretch. I, I said this to uh, – I was on with Joe Pott on sports on a Sunday morning this past week. You, you can you, you best believe I am going to be keeping track of what the Brewers' record and Cardinals' record were when I was in Milwaukee and now what it is as I get here because I – I watched a lot of really good baseball over the last six plus years in Milwaukee. Maybe I was sitting there as a uh, as a good luck charm, and my me not being there anymore, the luck has just left Wisconsin. We'll see if that uh, is a thing or not. Um, there was a really interesting piece that was published at the Athletic today. Uh, Jason Stark was the primary writer on it, and I am of the belief that baseball has a problem. Baseball's actually baseball's lots of problems. Uh, but for me, one of the biggest issues that baseball has is the game is not as aesthetically pleasing now as it was previously. And I think the hard thing is because there's always going to be people who think, oh, you got to play more small ball. You got to bunt more often. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to move the runners over. And I, there's there's a place in baseball for all of that. Like I'm not a never bunt guy, but I'm a almost never bunt guy and where the disconnect comes in for I think a a solid percentage of fans is an entertaining style of baseball is not going to win you as many games as playing baseball the way it's played right now and general managers and president of baseball operations and, and, and field managers they are not hired their jobs are not to go out and provide a really entertaining style of baseball. Their jobs are to win baseball games. And that's where there's an issue because the game of baseball just is not as aesthetically pleasing right now as it was in previous generations. And a lot of that is connected to the three true outcomes where so many of so many at bats finish off with a home run, a strikeout, or a walk. Essentially what that means is teams are not stringing hits together. It happens on occasion, but pitching has gotten so good. Pitching is set at such a high level. You have so many elite pitchers in Major League Baseball um, that it's it's put hitters in a really tough spot. And Baseball is an interesting sport when you think about the initiation of a play. It's initiated by the defense. We'll call it, you know, obviously the fielders, the team that's pitching. But when we're talking about it in comparison to other sports, you think about basketball, the initiation of any play is the team that has the basketball and they are trying to actively score in football. Again, the initiation of the play is the offense as they are trying to score. Hockey, same deal. Baseball is different because the initiation of the play comes from the fielder, comes from the pitcher, and they are the one that sets the tone. So all of a sudden, the team that is trying to score runs is also the team that is being reactive. And if you are being reactive, you don't get to set the tone. So that's that's one of the weird kind of odd things about baseball and what has led to this point of where we're at right now in the history of the game because 
you can have pitching labs and you can dissect all these things when it comes to pitching. You can't do that as much with hitting because hitting is so reactive. So comparing last year to this year, when it comes to home runs per game, strikeouts per game, and walks per game. And I would encourage you, if you subscribe to The Athletic, go read this because we're not we're just going to touch on the surface of some of the information that was relayed in this article, and it's really, really interesting. Uh, 2021, home runs per game, 1.22. 2022, 1.08. That may not sound like a big difference, but you, correlate, you, know, you extrapolate that out over 162 games. There's a difference there. Uh, strikeouts per game. Last year, 2021, 8.68, 2022, 8.36. Not a huge difference there, but still down this year. And then walks per game going from three and a quarter, 3.25 last year to 3.11 this year. It is the first time in 17 years since 2005 where all three of those numbers are going down from one year to the next. And it's only the second time that it has happened in the last 30 years. Now, I, I built all this up, and now I'm just going to kind of pour water on it for a second. We're actually going to throw one of these out, and that's the strikeouts per game. There's a big change this year in Major League Baseball. Obviously, in the National League, you do not have pitchers hitting. When you compare hitters hitting last year and hitters hitting this year and get rid of the pitchers who were hitting last year, and pitchers tended to strike out a lot when you just remove pitchers from the equation going from last year to this year, it, it it's not true anymore. So that's one of the big things here. Having the universal DH uh, skews these numbers a little bit. So on the surface level, it looks like strikeouts per game going down. They're not. You just don't. You just have a DH. So you've got guys in that ninth spot in the order who tend not to strike out quite as often. But the other numbers do remain completely and totally valid. Home runs per game have gone down. A lot of people are saying it's because of the ball. The baseball is different. We know the baseball is different. Major League Baseball has reluctantly admitted the fact that the baseball is different. And it does seem like they have uh, done some things to try to deaden the baseball because of how many home runs were hit. And I think you make the argument that maybe they went too far in the other direction when they were uh, when they made these changes um, in um, when they made these changes to uh, have the ball not fly as much. So that has actually uh, changed the way that hitters are going about things. That's what they found out in this as well. That hitters, when they're coming up to the plate, they feel like there's less of a chance that they're going to hit a home run, and they're sitting there and they're looking at the shift. And when you look at the shift, you're saying, okay, well, if I'm not going to be able to hit a home run there, maybe as a left-handed hitter, I can go the other way and I can I can get it by somebody. And we're statistically, we're actually seeing a little bit more than that. I think you do have to be careful when you're on who's doing this. I always say this: there's so many people that will see a big left-handed hitter, power hitter come up to the plate and you've got nobody down the third base line and everybody says, put a bunt down, just just shoot it the other way. Well, what does that really do for you? It's a base hit. And we're seeing in baseball where you don't really see team stringing hits together, so you don't have damage there. Yeah, you get to raise your batting average, but is it actually resulting in more runs being scored? No, it's not. 
So I don't I don't want to see my extra base hit guy going up and putting down a bunt down the third base line just to get on just to get on base. I, to me, that makes zero sense. It it helps their batting average. It doesn't do anything more than that. Here's the other interesting thing on this. Throughout history, if home runs are up, walks are up. If home runs are down, walks are down. Pitchers tend to be more careful when they're worried about giving up home runs and not as careful when they're not as worried about giving up home runs. It the, the, the graph on this is really interesting when you go through history and you look at home runs and walks per year, the average, and see how the line graph basically stays the same. If home runs are up, walks are up. If home runs are down, walks are down. Let's go to the phones, 314-436-7900. Jeff has given us a call. Hey, Jeff, you're on Sports Open Line. Thank you very much, Matt. I appreciate it. First time I've called in. Awesome. So, you know, all I want to do is throw my idea at you, and I want to hear you poke holes in it, and I I hope you can. But if you can't, I'm excited because I think I might have an answer. All right. So what if we deaden the ball? And here's how deadened we do it. We deaden the ball till the 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 far the uh, <clears throat> the top home run guy is 35 homers. And now, if there are certain parks where it doesn't really help, like Yankee Stadium and Wrigley Field, so then they can be novelty parks. Versus now, there are almost very few pitcher parks. Then you've taken that true outcome for, out of its big, you know, amounts. And the other thing I would do is I would increase the diameter of the bat barrel, whatever hair amount is enough, to create high enough batting averages to put us back in the mid-80s where there are people circling the bases and getting hits that are not home runs. And a scientist can put this all at work and figure out what that diameter is because you're going to have the same size baseball. It's not going to go in the air as long, but it's going to be getting squared up more often. I don't know how this doesn't work, to be honest with you. Um, I just think that I'm not any smarter than the average idiot. I just had a genius moment is all I think. What do you think? Hi, Jeff. I appreciate the phone call. The making the barrel of the bat larger thing, I I feel like that's actually going to result in a lot more not hitting the ball squarely, and there's going to be a lot more pop-ups and a lot more foul where you're fouling it off a little bit more. Just the, the thing about baseball is you're – you're using a round bat and you're using a round ball and you're trying to hit things squarely and you're still going to have to hit it right on the knob, right in the exact same spot as you do right now, essentially no matter how big uh, the barrel is within reason. So um, I, I don't love it. I, to be honest with you, I don't love it. I don't love deadening the baseball more. Home runs are exciting. Home runs are fun. Now, do I want it to go back to what it was a couple years ago when the ball was juiced and everything was a home run? No, but the other thing here is the strikeouts, nothing's going to change here. Like we can, we can put all these rules in place. We can ban the shift, um, whatever you want to do. At the end of the day, you still got these pitchers who are doing who are doing things with the baseball that have never been done before in the history 
of the game, and they're striking guys out. So we're going to spend all this time trying to figure out the different rules. And I know, Jeff, you would sit here and say, well, if you're making the bat a little bit bigger, if you're making the barrel the bat bigger, then it's going to be tougher to strike guys out. I, I don't know. I mean, it's not going to be a, a circus bat, right? Like, how, how big are we actually talking? And again, I think that also results in less solid contact when we're talking about uh, the barrel of the bat. So I appreciate the out-of-box thinking. I think that's important. I think being able to think through things in a different way are very important for the game right now as we try to figure out how to create more action. That's what we need. We need more action in the game of baseball. It just can't be... You want to see more rallies. I think the most promising thing about what I read here is the fact that because balls are not flying out quite as much, and this actually goes to Jeff's point in indebting the baseball, what what this article said actually backs up Jeff a little bit, that because it has become so much tougher to hit home runs, hitters are taking a little bit of a different approach at the plate and that they are trying to take advantage of placing the ball somewhere where where fielders are not where they're going up the middle is not something that you're going to do quite as often because it's very, very, very challenging to come up with a hit when you're going up the middle with the way things are aligned right now, especially when the shift is in place. So thank you to Jeff for thinking outside the box. I don't I don't love the idea, but I love the thought process going to it. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. So you, you've stuck around here for a couple hours. I've got something for you. I've got... I've got just for for my sports gamblers out there, I have an easy bet for you to make that is just guaranteed, guaranteed to hit. I'll tell you what that is coming up in just a moment as we wrap up the program. It is the Strike Zone Sports Open Line continues on KMOX. Welcome back to the Strike Zone, powered by Graybar on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Starting to put the finishing touches on this edition of the program. My name is Matt Pauly. It feels like a Friday to me. We're wrapping up a full week of sports open lines. This is my first week here at KMOX, first week hosting this show, and it was a great first week being able to do these shows uh, every day, and we'll kind of get back into the normal baseball routine uh, coming up tomorrow as the Cardinals are going to open up a series against the Cincinnati Reds, the team they just played before the All-Star break here in St. Louis, and now they're going to play them uh, in Cincinnati over the course of the weekend. All right, so this was my tease before going to the break for uh, for my sports bettors out there. Just going to give you an easy one. Going to give you something that's just absolutely 100% guaranteed. It already has hit every single time. Tom Brady has gone 3-0 and in championship games, so in Super Bowls, uh, during years where Jennifer Lopez has gotten married. Lopez got married earlier this week to Ben Affleck. So there you go. Go to your local sports book. Go online. Go do it wherever you do it. And just put put money down on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because once Jennifer Lopez got married to Ben Affleck, it uh, it preordained that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady are going to uh, are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Other thing I saw which was notable, and this is kind of, it's kind of funny, but it's kind of sad all at the same time. And I'm someone that just I love the sport of baseball. And I think baseball's in a really good place right now. We talked about this earlier with uh, Polo Sencio. The young talent, the budding superstars in Major League Baseball 
we are seeing them come out in a really, really big way, and that is good for baseball. I want to see the top athletes out there playing the game of baseball. But here what I'm about to tell you is reason number one while that is, why that is going to continue to be a struggle, especially when it comes to young athletes in the United States of America. Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray. He has signed a contract extension with the Cardinals. He is going to make uh, just over $46 million in a year with his new contract extension. He's going to make $46 million to play in a 17-game regular season in the NFL. This is an extreme, this is an extreme example, but it says something about the state of baseball. The Oakland Athletics, and this is notable because it was the Oakland Athletics who took Kyler Murray ninth overall in the 2018 draft. And if you remember, reportedly, it was going to be a um, a tough decision for him on whether he was going to go play football or whether he was going to go play baseball. The Oakland Athletics, the team that drafted him ninth overall in 2018, their payroll this year is $48.5 million. Kyler Murray is going to make $46-plus million in one year, and the entire Oakland A's payroll at the major league level is just a couple million dollars more than that. Not great. Not great for baseball and not great when we're talking about um, athletes making the decisions to play baseball. Now, again, extreme example, you look at the high end of baseball players and what they're making and compare that to some other sports. Like my, at some point in time, the argument that I am making does start to fall apart and I'm not trying to run away from that. But in this single example, kind of in a, in a, in a funnel here, it's, it's interesting when you look at the decision that he had to make the amount of money he's making and the amount of money that he would not have been making if he would have stayed as a member of the Oakland A's. All right, here's what's coming up for uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. As mentioned, they are coming off the All-Star break. They are a half game back of the Milwaukee Brewers going into the uh, unofficial second half of the season, the post-All-Star break portion of the year. They're going to open up this part of the year going on a three-city road trip. It will start with three games in Cincinnati. Then they'll go play two games in Toronto, and then they'll play three games in Washington. They are not going to play uh, at home at Bush Stadium again until Tuesday, August 2nd. That is their next home game. Uh, that that's, uh, homestand is going to feature games against the Cubs and also against the Yankees. The uh, pitching matchups, they are set for uh, this weekend. Adam Wainwright, he is going to pitch the opener coming up tomorrow night. Wainwright, 6-7, and seven in ERA at 3. It's going to be uh, Graham Ashcraft who's going to make the start for the Reds tomorrow. 4-2 and two with a 4.45 ERA. Game 2 of this series, Stephen Matz will finally get the opportunity to pitch. He had been scheduled to go on Sunday against the Reds. That game was rained out. Uh, it's been since uh, late May that he has pitched due to the shoulder issues. So looking forward to seeing what Matz can do. He is going to start uh, the game coming up on Saturday. He'll be opposed by uh, Mike Miner. And then Miles Michaels, the all-star, he is going to go on Sunday. And he is set to be opposed by Tyler Malley. That is it for this edition of Sports Open Line. Thanks so much, not just for being tuned in today, but being tuned in all week long. Look forward to talking to you again tomorrow at 445 as we get things rolling with St. Louis Cardinals baseball right here on KMOX. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.